What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Eve. Oh, man. What a Sunday. It was kind of, uh, kind of uneventful. I don't know, a little weird. And then the late games came in, and they delivered. They were awesome. We had a bonanza in Seattle. We got a lot more to get to today on the show, oh, except for Green Bay. What the heck happened to Green Bay? We're going to talk about that. Welcome to the Sunday Night Recap. Recapping Week 9. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Heath Cummings. Dave, I think we may have a changing of the guard in several backfields around the NFL. Interesting. A changing of the guard in several. I, I mean, there's there's a couple that I know of, but several, huh? Three. All right, what have you got? Uh, okay. Tampa Bay is probably you got the, Buffalo. Tampa Bay is probably the one Adam, you weren't thinking of. Yes, Heath. Adam, Adam, uh, three is a few. Several is more than three. A couple is two. Uh, yeah. Um, one would be one. So if you think it's three, then you think that we have a changing of guard in a few backfields and not several. How about we've got the changing of the guard in three backfields or a few? Now, why say few if a few is exactly three? A few is three. Like, I get that a couple is two. Because, you know, a couple. Two people, a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I guess I was trying to be suspenseful. But, uh, okay, I, I'm learning a lot about uh, about grammar now. So, yeah, Tampa Bay, <laughs> Kansas City, counting. and Buffalo, and counting, and Buffalo. Uh, we're going to talk about all of those situations. So, instead of dilly-dallying here, let's get right to it. First of all, I think the home team won every game today, except for the London game, which Incorrect. doesn't count. The London game doesn't count. False. What? Who? False. Who? Jacksonville was at home I just, in London. I just it's said. It's quite clearly their home. Like it No other team count. gets to claim London as home. They've been rumored to move there 14 times. It is their home, and they blew it, and <laughs> all of their fantasy players are terrible now. So if few is three, couple is two, several are four, how many is 14? Jacksonville is London. <laughs> I noticed your mustache is not quite as thick today as it usually is. Is that in protest of something? I do not have a mustache, and I did not have one this morning, and I apologize for ruining Gardner Minshew by yeah. shaving my, min- my my mustache off before the game. I was going to say, do you know who else doesn't have a mustache? And that's next week's starting or two weeks starting quarterback for Jacksonville. <laughs> Nick Foles, yeah. no mustache. And, and to be fair, Dave did say he got worried about Gardner Minshew when Jamie shaved his mustache. On Friday morning, so we I guess we sort Hashtag of analysis. Going. Yes. Okay. So other than that, the home team won every game this week, and that is the least interesting that we're gonna thing we're gonna talk about. The best of week nine. 
Here we go. So uh, you could probably figure out who uh, the best quarterback was. He's a guy who threw for five touchdowns and 378 yards, and that would be Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs. But uh, let's just start with Wilson. I guess when you get a bad defense and that team also happens to score some points and Wilson has to throw, you get the perfect storm. And Heath, your reaction to the 47 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. His fifth game, I think, fifth game with 30 or more fantasy points for Russell Wilson. Well, there have been several times this season when Russell Wilson has had good fantasy days and you've looked at it and he's thrown 28 passes or something and you thought, well, that's not really very sustainable. This one is not that type of situation. And I would not call Tampa Bay a bad defense. They have a bad plan, but they're very good at the thing that they're trying to stop, which is the run. And that was one of the reasons that Russell Wilson had to throw 43 passes because you can't run very easily on Tampa Bay. I do not know why a defense in the 21st century would decide we're going to be really good against the run and just let teams pass on us. I have such a problem with your, I have such a problem with this premise because like, first of all, like they have a bad pass defense and they have three very good defensive tackles. That's why they have a good run defense. They have constructed their team and their strategy towards stopping the run as if that should be some sort of priority. In this day and age, I, I mean, it is a priority in this day and age. You got to stop. No, it and, and Chris Carson ran let, for 100 yards. Let teams run all they want. Stop the pass, and you will win. Well, they wish they I could stop. I the don't pass. think that's necessarily true. They can't stop the pass. It's not like they don't want to stop the pass. They can't do it. You know what? There's not much to say about Russell Wilson. He's the man. If he's not the number one quarterback going forward, he's going to be close to it. Um, he does have a bye coming up in two weeks. Christian McCaffrey. Not much to say about him. Josh Jacobs, though. Dave, 28 carries. And that is five straight games with 15 or more carries. This guy, I don't know if people had a chance to watch some of it. Wow. He is a special player. He's great. Right? Yeah. Yep. What do you have to say about yep. Josh Jacobs right now with the with the Chargers, the Bengals, the Jets, and the Chiefs coming up? Well, you're talking about a guy that's probably going to be a top 10 fantasy running back the rest of the way. And I remember talking to somebody who will go unnamed, not somebody on this podcast, who told me, Josh Jacobs is going to be good, but he's not special. And I, I remember saying back to him, you're wrong, because he's he's really got a fantastic skill set. I still don't think we've seen the best of him as a pass catcher. And what we're seeing now is just a good natural runner playing behind an offensive line that's actually really underrated. It's a really good line. And it's part of the reason why Derek Carr is capable of having the types of games that he's been having as well. Oakland's got themselves an offense. Jacobs is a huge reason why. Okay. By the way, we're we're gonna. It's not necessarily everybody that finished at the very top of their position. We're gonna skip around and kind of pick the fantasy relevant ones. But it just so happens Wilson was the number one quarterback by a mile. Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs actually tied with Kenyon Drake in in non PPR. Drake is the number two running back right now in PPR, and actually Melvin Gordon ahead of Josh Jacobs as well in PPR because Jacobs did not have a catch. Now, when we look at the wide receivers, Heath uh, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett had not had, going into this year, he had not had more than seven catches in a game. He had 13 today. He now has three games this season with double-digit catches. So he and Mike Evans in that game. Monster games for the two of them. (laughs) I know it's chalky, but what do you have to say about Lockett and Evans? Well, I think there was some question like, if there's not a number one in Seattle, will Tyler Lockett still be as good on a per-target basis? And he's not been quite as good this season as he was last year, but he's received so many more targets that it doesn't really matter. 
he is a top 12 wide receiver moving forward. And there will be weeks where he only gets four or five targets because they only throw the ball 25 times. And that's going to stink for whoever has Tyler Lockett. But he's going to have these monster games as well. And you can't consider sitting him. And I think we have to swing the pendulum back now towards Mike Evans over Chris Godwin rest of the season. I agree with you on the Evans point. Who has the higher catch rate between Michael Thomas and Tyler Lockett? Lockett. Lockett. It's 85% going into this game. Keith? I would say Lockett is probably still just oh, yeah. barely ahead of him. Come on. It's a tie. No way. <laughs> 82% for both after cool. today. All right. I guess yeah, it's hard to keep Tyler an 85% Lockett's catch rate. rate actually went down. Yeah. Well, he had 18 targets, 13 catches. Now, let's talk about these two guys one more time here because DK Metcalf is actually the number three wide receiver tied with Preston Williams. So big games there. Russell Wilson throwing 43 times is, is not common. But we haven't on this podcast actually had a chance to talk about Josh Gordon. What does that do to Lockett and Metcalf? Heath, you go first. Probably more of a concern for Metcalf than Lockett. Lockett's the number one, regardless of who else is there. Dave, you go second. I, I tend to <laughs> I tend to agree, but there were things that I noticed in this game with Metcalf where he's got the confidence of the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, there were plays drawn up for him to get the ball inside of a minute left to play. Um, th- yeah. There's a lot. Of, they, they trust him, basically. I could tell that they trusted him in this game. And it's not just because he caught a touchdown or had a couple of big splash plays. He's, he's, he's getting the ball in clutch situations. Josh Gordon will not get the ball in clutch situations so soon in Seattle. So Ooh, do good you, alliteration by me right there. <laughs> so do you think that Metcalf could still be a reliable guy? Because this is obviously this is his best game. Uh, he did have two touchdowns that last week or two weeks ago at Atlanta. It, it, that was last week. That was last week. But he, he seems you know, like two weeks. Targets ago. aren't great. Not going to get this many pass attempts from Wilson. Typically, you are bringing in Josh Gordon. You know, what do you think? I mean, is this time to look look to trade DK Metcalf? Maybe. Yeah, you could try selling high on him, and I think he's probably best viewed as a flex more than anything else. But I'm I am tired of giving Josh Gordon credit mm-hmm. and saying that he's somebody who can help your fantasy team and hurt others on your fantasy team because he really hasn't done a whole lot of that since 2013. It's true. Yep, and basically nobody wanted him. The Seahawks were the only team that that claimed Josh Gordon. All right, back to uh, of week nine. Love it. Preston Williams, 72 or more yards in two of his last three games. He had two touchdowns. He had five catches for 72 yards and two touchdowns against the Jets. He did leave with a knee injury. Do we know anything about the knee injury for Preston Williams? Nope. Okay. It is less than a few knee injuries for him. <laughs> uh, any reason to buy in here? He's 13% owned. Is he going to be a high waiver wire priority for you guys at the Colts next week? Well, he, he and Parker are both very, very interesting if they're yeah. active. If if Williams was out next week, then Devontae Parker, I had him as a top 30 wide receiver this week. He might be top 25 next week against a good matchup. Um, Fitzpatrick's slinging it around once again. And these two guys are both very talented in terms of winning against man coverage. So I, I like their opportunity moving forward. I'll give you another one in PPR leagues. And maybe even as a streamer in non-PPR, Mike Gusecki who had a pretty nice game today. Six catches, 95 yards. For a tight end, you'll take that every day. And uh, it's his third time in four weeks he's given you 
eight PPR points or more. So there's not going to be a whole lot on tight ends on the waiver wire and the matchup against Indianapolis. They're going to throw a ton. This is a Dolphins offense that just can't run the ball. Their line stinks. The Mark yeah. Walton call was horrible, and I'm embarrassed for buying in. But the Ryan Fitzpatrick, he nailed it. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to have these guys catching passes the rest of the way. All right, other wide receivers who stood out, Tyreek Hill and the two Lions guys as well. And now we go to the tight ends. Your best. Tight ends this week are Noah Fant and Zach Ertz. Noah Fant had, I think, a 75-yard touchdown catch. Uh, catch. <sighs> Yeah. yeah, he did. <laughs> He's going into a bye. So is Zach Ertz. But Zach Ertz, nine catches, 103 yards, one touchdown on 11 targets. Somebody dropped him in one of my leagues, and I put in a claim, and I didn't get him, Dave. But is Zach Ertz back Ertz? Yes, he is. Um, and and I like that he did this today against a, a defense that has good linebackers and safeties and without Deshaun Jackson playing the whole game. Jackson played left in the first half abdomen injury, and then uh, Alshon got hurt later in the game for Philadelphia. So for Ertz to step up and be that number one guy when the defense knew that he was going to be the number one guy, that's that's a plus. And we knew that he wasn't going to be two and three fantasy points the rest of the year. He, he We knew he was going to bounce back. This is the start of the bounce back. Unfortunately, he was too good because the buy low window, it shut. That was a window shutting. <laughs> and now whoever's got Zach Ertz on their fantasy teams, they're probably really happy today. Would you guys rather have Zach Ertz or Darren Waller rest of season? Ertz. I'll say Waller. Oh, okay. And uh, Heath, any interest in Noah Fant? Fantastic. Team name Tuesday, Noah Fant. I'm not going to pick him up on his bye week to hold him for a week so I can start him when he puts up three for 25. No, thank you. Okay. Who's he got in week 11, guys? Minnesota. I don't know. You can leave them on the waiver wire. The worst of week nine is the Packers. You guys make anything of like Jamal Williams, the only guy who really gave you something. He had uh, a touchdown catch, not much in the running game. Aaron Jones was a colossal bust, eight carries for 30 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 14 fantasy points. He had a two-point conversion. Devontae Adams only started in 62% of league, seven catches, 41 yards on 11 targets. Uh can we just shake this one off, or are there some concerning signs here? The Packers' really bad performance at the Chargers. Don't hold me to this, but I think the offense was worse with Devontae Adams because I don't think Devontae Adams was at 100%. thought the timing seemed off on a couple of throws with Aaron Rodgers, and obviously he wasn't very explosive. His longest gain was for nine yards. So it's probably one that's going to take a couple of days to really digest. You know, you got to wait for the all 22 to come out, but I wonder if he was just not even at 80% for this game. Maybe rush back a little bit. I think there's possibly something to that, but also Aaron Rodgers threw 24 passes to people not named Devontae Adams and averaged below six yards per attempt. So it wasn't just tight. It wasn't just Devontae Adams. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Aaron Jones because I'm always a little bit worried about Aaron Jones. There's it's a timeshare there. And how much of a timeshare it is varies from week to week based on who's performing better. This week, it was mostly Jamal Williams in the passing game. And that's the only reason he was good. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know the snap breakdown between those two gentlemen? Sure. Sure. Aaron Jones, 60. Jamal Williams, 44. So a couple of overlap where they both played, but Jones still led the way. That's and a I, lot of snaps. I saw a lot of Williams in the... That's percentage, Heath. 
Oh yeah, uh, I saw a lot of uh, Williams at the end when they were you know down a few touchdowns in the fourth quarter. That's when he really got his points, and he had two carries to Aaron Jones's eight carries. All right, so the Packers disappointed, but a lot of players we already talked about were great. You were great on Facebook, everybody. Thank you so much for participating in our giveaway. It is Ryan Collier getting the T-shirt with his biggest draft day regret. Ryan Collier drafted O.J. Howard in every single one of his leagues. O.J. Howard. What are you doing, Ryan? (laughs) Potentially biggest bust in fantasy in every one of your leagues. That was, uh, you know, in retrospect, a mistake. And you know what? You you drafted O.J. Howard, and all you got is this awesome T-shirt. So congratulations. The big news here. (laughs) Jacoby Brissett left with a knee injury. Brian Hoyer came in and actually scored 20 fantasy points at Pittsburgh. He threw for 168 yards and three scores. And he gets the Dolphins next week. How about that? Six points better than Aaron Rodgers, Brian Hoyer. Um, And actually, he made six starts with the Niners in 2017. He had two great games with 26 to 29 fantasy points. He had four games with single digits. He's a backup quarterback, so it is what it is. But he gets the Dolphins next week. Adam Thielen re-injured the hamstring. Uh, Deshaun Jackson left with an injury. So was that a re-aggravation as well for Deshaun Jackson? Yes. Bummer. Well, they do get the bye, so hopefully coming out of that, he's healthy. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Adam Thielen, Alshon Jeffrey. That's the other guy. Alshon Jeffrey got hurt in the fourth quarter. TJ Hawkinson took a big hit with about a minute to play. I hope it's not a concussion situation, but he came out. Logan Thomas replaced him. A a very fun finish there, but an unfortunate injury for Hawkinson. Preston Williams, the injury. Uh, The Money Badger is back. The Money Badger is Mike Badgley. Great, Great nickname. And he made... Four or five field goals today. Big day for him. Tyreek Hill ran more than 22 miles per hour while he was chasing Damian Williams. That was fun. He is so much faster than Damian Williams. Um, the Patriots He's act- faster than everybody. Yeah. The Patriots activated Nikhil Harry and Seattle signed Josh Gordon. Dave, what are your thoughts on Nikhil Harry, who's going to be who's playing right now? Well, no, he's not because they activated him and then they made him inactive ah. for the game. Okay. Well, his team's playing. Fooled you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, so that that can't give us a lot of confidence to go be picking up Nikhil Harry then. You can if you want to. I'd rather have him than Josh Gordon because I think that, first of all, I don't think either one of them is that. I'd rather have the Colts DST, which, of course, now everybody's going to want because they take on the Dolphins. Or maybe they want the Giants DST. But I I think both of those guys are kind of the same in that they're not number one receivers for their teams. And uh, you're not going to feel good starting them at any point in the near future. Well, I guess that's a good segue, Dave, into our early look at the waiver wire. Heath, what do you think Ooh. about Zach Pascal? Or I heard it is Pascal today on the broadcast. It's Pascal. Okay, it's Pascal then. He's got the Get Dolphins right. next week. He's 24% owned, five catches, 76 yards and a touchdown on six targets at the Steelers. Is he a must must add player, Zach Pascal? Kind of a Pascal's wager type of situation here. With a matchup against the Dolphins, I'd rather bet on him being real without T.Y. Hilton than bet against him. (laughs) So is that a yes? I'm with you. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Uh, Other players, you guys have any other names for the early look at the waiver wire? Anybody you're interested in adding? I'm going to blow your mind, Adam. You ready for this one? I am ready. Jay Ajayi. Mm. Oh, come on. I think I think the Lions have to try and do something to salvage their run game. I know J.D. McKissick was great. I don't think he's going to be the answer there. He had some nice runs and he scored. But I bet they, they brought in Ajayi for a workout and they told him, we're going to sign you. 
Just give it a week. We didn't want to. They they couldn't use the roster spot on him. If they had signed him on Friday or whatever, he would have been inactive because he doesn't know the playbook and didn't practice with the team. So don't be surprised if Jai signs with them soon. And if he doesn't, what's Ronald then jo- don't come. What's, then come. Yep, that's what's the guy. Ronald Jones' ownership? Like 60% around there. That, that's that's the guy. That's number one on the waiver wire this week. Changing of the guard. Yep. Boy, did I drop Ronald Jones in a lot of leagues. That is so annoying because I was pretty all in on, on Ronald Jones. Ben Gretsch and I. And then I gave up. Not enough. I gave up. I no, bet Ben I was, Gretsch didn't. I, I I bet Ben Gretsch didn't drop Ronald Jones. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, it's, I'm very disappointed well, look, in myself. Yeah, a lot of people dropped him before his bye, and then they saw the two games after the bye. It was at Tennessee and at Seattle, and they thought to themselves, "There's no way he's going to be good in even one of those games." And he was good in one of those games. So now he's coming back home to a matchup against Arizona, and then he's got New Orleans, then he's got at Atlanta. At Jacksonville, there's some okay matchups for him. Not a bad guy to go and pick up. And yeah, better I mean, than it's, not, it's not a great schedule, but the thing is, you know, he's if he's he got 18 carries and Peyton Barber got four. So if you you know if you're unaware of what are we talking about with Ronald Jones, 18 carries, 67 yards and a touchdown, two catches, 15 yards. Okay, he didn't run the ball great. Now this has happened before. Three of his first four games, he had 13 or more carries, and the one game he didn't, he had, he had an injury in that game. So that's you know we, we kind of bought in to Ronald Jones, and then the next three games he has eleven or fewer carries and thirty-five or fewer rushing yards. I don't know. Could they just as easily go back to Peyton Barber? Pey- By the way, Peyton Barber did have an almost touchdown, but at the end of the day, he still only had four carries. But you do have to take a How shot, right? This? The offense is kind of humming. You, you right have now. to take a shot. You have to take a shot. Um, and he is capable of catching the football, so maybe that's what gives him a little bit of an edge over Peyton Barber. And he played 55% of the snaps against Seattle. That is a season high for him. Peyton Barber had 12% of the snaps. That's a season low for him. So you can buy in. I wouldn't rush him in your lineups, although you might have to in week 10. There's six teams on by. You're going to be without some running backs. So Ronald Jones makes sense there. Colts DST, Ravens DST. The Colts get the Dolphins. The Ravens get the Bengals, right? Your Giants. The Giants get the Jets. The Giants DSC has to be a consideration. I know they're they're bad. Yeah, they're bad. I know it, but they've got the Jets, and they. I, I think really I'm going to. I think I'm going to like the Jets this week against the Giants defense. It'd be very poetic if they were this bad against the Dolphins and then just lit up the Giants defense. <laughs> poetic for who? <laughs> well, the Dolphins All are of us. currently the yeah. <laughs> Dolphins are currently the number three DST. Going into the Sunday night game this week, they just faced the Jets. JD McKissick also is going to warrant a, a look on the waiver wire. All right, let's get to uh, some winners and some losers here, and we'll start with Dave's winners because we got to talk about the changing of the guard. And Ronald Jones is, is a winner, but for Dave, it's Devin Singletary and Damian Williams. Singletary had 20 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown, and basically. Frank Gore's season could have been summed up by three carries at the one-yard line that went absolutely nowhere. Devin Singletary had one carry near the goal line, and he scored. I think he only had one. I know he scored. Uh, but yep. is this is it this it for Devin Singletary, and is this this it for Damian Williams, who's 84% owned, as Williams had a 91-yard touchdown run and 12 carries in the game? Are they going to lead the backfields going forward? I feel a lot better saying that about Devin Singletary than I do about Damian Williams. And the reason why is because I think it is clear at this point who the more explosive, athletic, um, fresh-legged running back is 
for the Buffalo Bills, and it's Devin Singletary. And Frank Gore, just I, you're right, Adam, just the fact that he had three goal line carries, and he went 0 for 3, and he the, the Bills were saved by a fourth and goal rush by Josh Allen. I, I think that tells the tale, just like you said. And Devin Singletary, with his pass-catching chops, he's going to be a factor the rest of the season. I think I think we're looking at a low to middle end number two fantasy running back the rest of the way. Would you rather have Devin Singletary or David Montgomery, who I believe is one of Heath's winners, and he did score two touchdowns today? I'd rather have Singletary. Heath? Oh, I'd rather have Montgomery for sure. I was very encouraged by, once again, Montgomery double-digit carries. Once again, Montgomery involved in the pass game, caught three passes for 36 yards, I believe. And then when they got down to the goal line, Dave Montgomery was the guy that got them into the end zone, not once, but twice. I believe he's a must-start running back moving forward. He, the second touchdown he had came after Tariq Cohen was ruled out when he was trying to get into the end zone. So Cohen had an almost touchdown, and then right after that, David Montgomery got in. I like David Montgomery, too. I still feel like he's a little too tied to the touchdowns, though. Whereas Devin Singletary... I think he can get you double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR, even without a touchdown. Montgomery needs the score. Damian Williams, other than the 91-yard touchdown run, he he was not great, but and he only had 12 carries. He uh, looked unbelievable on that run. He did. Like, not as you good would as Tyreek think Hill. that it was not him. <laughs> no, yeah. he was not. He was not Tyreek Hill fast, but you know what? You go back and you look at that run, and I bet you think it's LaShawn McCoy just from the speed alone. Well, no, because he was actually carrying the ball like a responsible ball carrier, you know, <laughs> putting it high and tight. Uh, well, I don't know. How much are you buying into Damian Williams as a, as a must-start guy? Let's go to Heath on this. I have a hard time with this entire backfield because every time it started to look like it was one guy or another, it's quickly changed. And once Patrick Mahomes comes back, like I think it's probably just going to be the pass-catching guy that matters, which is more likely to be Damian Williams. There was some talk before this game that Darwin Thompson's getting close to earning more playing time. He earned none. So I I am wishy-washy on Damian Williams. Like I'd probably start him next week, but that's about it. Okay. Well, next week he's at Tennessee. I think he's got a chance to lead the team in touches in that game as well. But the telltale sign for me, because coaches just can't come out and say things, is what their actions are. And Damian Williams played 73% of the snaps on Sunday. That is the highest for any Chiefs running back in any game Ooh, this year. Nice. We had seen we had seen them use three running backs in pretty much every game. And they did again in this game, but Damian had 73, Daryl had 17, LaShawn had 10% of the snaps. So he didn't play that much. Yeah, I, this this it, this is not me buying all the way back into Damian Williams. I would take it on a week to week basis. I think he's right. Things can change quickly, and obviously the tenor of the offense will change if once Patrick Mahomes comes back. But maybe this is who they wanted to get going all along. And the broadcast even said that the Chiefs are trying to get Damian Williams going. So they might be just most comfortable with him which would make sense at this point since LaShawn McCoy's had a hard time holding on to the football. Yeah, I think McCoy may have fumbled it away last week because it would look like he was starting to get that role. Heath, your other winner, other than David Montgomery, 
is DJ Moore. DJ Moore has eight or more targets, five or more catches in all but two games this season. Only one touchdown, but he gets 100 yards, seven catches for 101 yards on 10 targets against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and you look at his schedule moving forward at Green Bay against Atlanta, New Orleans, Washington, Atlanta, Seattle, Indianapolis. I I really think the touchdown thing, and it happened last year too, so there's more mounting evidence, but I really believe the touchdown thing is a little bit of a fluke. He has reestablished himself as the number one target in this offense. He's been so much more efficient over the last two years than Curtis Samuel. The only hope for Samuel was earning more targets than DJ Moore. He's not doing that. I think DJ Moore can be a top 20 wide receiver down the stretch. The touchdown thing, the only thing I'll add, though, is that nobody has more. Going into today's game, I don't have the numbers on today's game, but going into today's game, nobody on the team had more than five red zone targets. That was Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore has three red zone targets going into today's game and no targets inside the 10. So maybe that is why the touchdowns are low for him. Uh, but he, he is a reliable target getter. He's Would you say he's significantly better in PPR? He should be significantly yes. better as long as as long as Kyle Allen can be somewhat accurate. Yes, I mean then non PPR, not then Curtis Samuel. I'm yeah. sorry, I meant you know kind of a no. I know what guy. you meant. Listen, I think they scheme up more plays for DJ more than they do for Curtis Samuel. I think they 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 use them on screens and slants and stuff like that. Whereas Samuel is more of their shot play guy. Would you rather have DK Metcalf or or DJ Moore? Moore. I think I'd rather have more because I think he can be more consistent from week to week. I'm only going to do guys who have initials for first names. DK Metcalf, uh, DJ Moore or AJ Green? More. Is AJ Green going to play? He's supposed to, isn't he? Yeah, and when he does play, it's going to be with a rookie quarterback who's never played in the NFL, probably hasn't had much time with AJ Green in practice because AJ Green hasn't been around in months. The offensive line is terrible. Oh, I'm. DJ DJ no. Moore or DJ Chark? Moore. Moore. Ooh, wow. Okay, that's going to bring us to our losers right after I tell you about SeatGeek, people. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? What is wrong with them? What's wrong with you? Why aren't you using SeatGeek, man? And use the promo code FFT on SeatGeek and get 10 bucks off your first purchase. I genuinely use SeatGeek. Every time I need tickets, I uh, love SeatGeek. You just type in an event or a team or a concert or whatever on the app. You know, you bring up the event, and SeatGeek's going to bring in tickets from all over the place. So you're going to get that competition, which is going to give you great prices. And SeatGeek just has better prices than the competition. I mean, like you, you know, you just I, I compare it to other apps sometimes, and I'm always blown away that SeatGeek is just cheaper. And you can see the the cost with all the fees included, so you don't have to hit the button, buy the tickets, and then say, "Oh, there's 20 bucks more in fees." You don't have to deal with that on SeatGeek. SeatGeek's got this interactive seating map that tells you where the great values are, and it just gets you to the game or the concert, comedy theater, whatever you want to go to. It gets you there, and it's easy to use. And over 50,000 five star reviews on the app store on the app store. How's that for customer satisfaction? Love SeatGeek. Make sure you're using it and use the promo code FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase. I've used SeatGeek to go to every type of game you can think of, the Foo Fighters, uh, Book of Mormon, all this stuff. SeatGeek it is, over 50,000 five-star reviews for a reason. So use that promo code FFT to get 10 bucks off your first purchase. The promo code is FFT on SeatGeek. Okay, losers. 
Let's start with Heath's losers. Le'Veon Bell. Now, he did have eight catches. But what's why is he a loser in this game? He had over 100 total yards. He had 25 touches. He had eight catches. Why is Le'Veon Bell a loser? Because if you get 25 touches against the Miami Dolphins and you are below five yards per touch, that portends bad things in the future. This Jets offense is an absolute disaster. It's an embarrassment. And if it can't be good against the Dolphins, I don't have a lot of hope for Bell. Like, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this stretch. And he wasn't bad today. If you started him, you were very happy. But this type of performance on this type of volume does not make me feel comfortable starting him in the future. And you don't have any other choice but to start him. Yeah, You could trade him hoping to get... 70% 70% of the value that you think he should be worth. Like what? And what would you want to get? I, I don't know. Like, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but the offensive line is a huge problem in New York. Darnold is a problem. I'm glad that Darnold is finding ways to get the ball to Le'Veon Bell, but I don't see this offense scoring a lot of points, which means there aren't a lot of touchdowns to go around, which means Le'Veon isn't going to get a lot of touchdowns. So... Maybe he's more of a number two fantasy running back, not a number one guy. If you were drafting again today, would you draft Tyler Lockett or Le'Veon Bell first? Lockett. I think it would be Lockett. Hmm. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. All those touches, the catches were encouraging, but I don't know that you. Yeah, you I don't know that you can count part, on it because he, he only had five in his previous three games. You know that's true. Eight today. And you've got to hope that we we see a spike in catches in order to salvage his value because when he runs, he is too patient of a runner behind a substandard offensive line. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to crush him. That line is not good enough. DJ Chark is your other loser. Heath four catches, thirty two yards on nine targets against the Texans in London. They got a bye coming up, and now fifty five or fewer yards in five of nine games for DJ Chark. And this is kind of a. a multifaceted thing like he was not particularly good in this game Minshew threw a couple balls up to him in traffic that we've seen Chark pull down so far this year he did not in this game and now he's most likely going to have Nick Foles as his starting quarterback after the bye I would anticipate D.D. Westbrook's going to be back after the bye and I think Westbrook fits better with Foles style as a quarterback I'm afraid D.J. Chark's not going to be anything more than a number three wide receiver for the rest of the year I'm starting to feel that way, too. Would you rather have Beckham or Chark? Beckham. I think I'd rather have Beckham because I I know that in week one there was some success with Chark and Foles. I I, I can't say for sure that it's going to rekindle when Foles comes back. Okay. Would you rather have Ronald Jones or DJ Chark? Oh, boy. (laughs) It's got to be Chark, right? Well, you know, well, I, I know, like having a lot. To. I like having a lot of running backs on my bench, and if my receivers are fine, I'll take Jones. If you're gonna get bonus a- loser, yeah, bonus loser. Patriots defense. They've given up ten points in the first twelve minutes yeah, of their game. I would the really Ravens. like to watch this game without it being spoiled. Lamar Jackson is me? awesome. I would like to watch it as well. Right, that don't spoil it. Just DVR it like me, man. It's so so easy. You won't have you'll you'll watch everything without commercials. It's like such a great solution. All right, Dave's losers 
are except if you're watching on CBS, watch the commercials. Austin Eckler. Yeah, I was about I was about to say <laughs> Animazer does not represent all of CBS, and we encourage all CBS viewers <laughs> to watch every commercial twice. Um, Austin uh, Eckler, twelve ca- yeah. carries. Yeah. So was this before? Because like you gave me this loser kind of early in that game. Is he still a loser? No. Okay. He's not. Juju then. He's he's okay. Juju is a bigger loser because he didn't come through in a in a spot where I thought he he could have. And the Steelers threw a decent amount in this game and all those short area targets that we thought were going to, you know, go away or, you know, get absorbed by Juju, I guess I should say, not go away. I thought there would be more short area targets because James Conner was gone and they wouldn't be able to run the ball quite as effectively and that would mean more targets for Juju. Yeah, those targets went to Jalen Samuels because he had 13 targets, caught all 13. Juju was left with three catches on five targets, 16 yards, no touchdowns. Really, really sad. Um, tough spot for him this week, and then he's got the Rams next week. Could see some of Jalen Ramsey. Don't know if Jalen's going to go into the slot to follow him, but I do know that Mason Rudolph is going to be under plenty of pressure from that Rams defense. While we're on the subject, what a weird game from Jalen Samuels. Eight carries for 10 yards. The Steelers, he wasn't even their leading ball carrier. Uh, yeah, the Steelers ran the ball very poorly, but Trey Edmonds had 12 carries for 73 yards, but he had a 45-yard run and was very ineffective otherwise. Samuels got near the goal line a few times. He kind of shared the the magenta, green, whatever zone work with Trey Edmonds. And then but th- 13 catches for 73 yards. 13 catches. Nobody else had more than five catches. He caught all and he 13 fumbled too. And he fumbled. So, so, so this is where people who don't like PPR have a legitimate gripe. Because in non-PPR, Jalen Samuels did not have a good game. He had six right. fantasy points. He was worth 19 in full PPR. He Huge broke Le'Veon Bell's record for most catches by a Steelers running back. Really? They're just trying to erase Le'Veon from the record book. <laughs> well, reportedly, they were trying to get him back. At the trade deadline. All right, so we'll mm. talk about that game in a bit. Let's do the Worryometer real quick. I got four wide receivers on here. One of them actually had a pretty good game, uh, and that's Odell Beckham. Five catches for 87 yards on six targets. Wasn't oh. really that good of a game until he yeah, got kind of lucky, right? Yeah. With that, Chris Harris kind of had one in his hands. Beckham caught mm-hmm. it. I don't know. I don't know what that was, 25 yards and- or something like that. We're really Great. lowering the standard here for Odell Beckham. If we're going to say, yeah, pretty good game for him. Five catches, 87 yards. Okay. We, I didn't draft Odell Beckham to get me 87 yards. All right, we're I out wanted here. Odell Beckham to get me 187 yards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm very worried about Odell Beckham. I'm worried about the Browns offense in general. Nick Chubb didn't have his best game. Here comes Kareem Hunt. Doesn't really matter. That offensive line's terrible. Baker is jittery. The play calling is mostly horrible. They are a tough watch, and Odell Beckham, unfortunately, is a big part of that. I, I kind of disagree. If you told me you were going to, like, 87 times 16 is 1,392 yards. If you told me somebody played 16 games against Chris Harris and ended the season with 1,392 yards, I would say they are a very, very good wide receiver. I was encouraged by this performance, and I would only put him at about a three on the worryometer. Keith, what's 16 times zero? Because he had zero <laughs> touchdowns in the game. Zero. Yeah. All right. I, I don't want a, a wide receiver. 87 yards per game is very, very good is the point. That's great. And so get, if, if I'm if I'm draft drafting Odell, Odell Beckham to get me 87 yards per game, I'm drafting awesome. in round five or round six. That's absolutely incorrect. Well, I, I think nobody, you, nobody you probably... in round five or six gets 87 yards per game. No, that's true. That's true. I, I, I do... 
you know, you look at that play. Was it twenty three yards? You said Heath. I it was. I think it was right around that much. Yeah, I, you know, does that matter to you? Because because really, he should have had what sixty four yards. You know, got lucky. Okay, I guess that's what matter. he needs to do well. He needs to. It was have a tough really matchup. Let's, fortunate plays. Let's be kind. All right, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. There will catches. be. Hold on. There will be a week where we will love Odell Beckham. It's week twelve against Miami. Keenan Allen. Three catches for 40 yards on four targets against Green Bay. This is now six straight games with no more than 61 yards and no touchdowns. Phillip Rivers, I think, only threw 28 passes in this game, but I That's called right. him now on a buy low on Wednesday. I had a lot of faith in him. He had two straight games with double-digit targets. Uh, he dropped a touchdown last week, but worryometer on Allen. Keenan Allen, again, 40 yards and three catches. About about a seven. I am... I am considerably more worried about Keenan Allen than I am Odell Beckham. And it's just because we don't know how healthy Keenan Allen is. He was not 100% for their most recent game. He didn't look 100% in this game. And they have a ton of weapons around him. Mike Williams was better once again. Hunter Henry was awesome. They're throwing the ball a ton to Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. As good as Keenan Allen was, that was mostly dominating targets early in the season. I'm very, very worried about him moving forward. I'm worried about both Beckham and Keenan Allen. And I get that Keenan Allen is due and that the 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 Chargers want to get him in the end zone and they're giving him some deeper targets on occasion. It's been Mike Williams who's been getting more than that. The the proof to me is that they ran with Gordon and Eckler thirty two times and you already said it, Adam, twenty eight pass attempts. But they also had the Rivers. lead. They had they had a three score lead, you know. Right. So and so they're going to think, look what worked for us. Well, it was I, the run game. It wasn't a and cause Melvin and effect. Finally came through. What was the chicken and the egg, right? I mean, was it they they ran the ball and got the lead, or they got the lead and ran the ball? Well, they they clearly didn't get the read by throwing touch the read the lead, the lead. by throwing yeah. touchdowns because Philip Rivers had none. I so I get that. I, I think that they were able. I they're going to buy into their run game. They're going to try and be a run-heavy offense. I don't know how well they'll be able to do being run-heavy at Oakland next week. But Keenan Allen is right. in the same situation Oakland, as man. Odell, number two receiver. Yeah, he does have Oakland, though, coming up. All right, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, not talked all that much about on this show. One catch for six yards on five targets at Philadelphia. Um, that's two kind of kind of lousy games in a row. This one particularly bad. Heath Worryometer on Allen Robinson. Three, like his most recent game was five for 62. It wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible. This was an embarrassment against what should have been a very good matchup. And you do worry about his quarterback just a little bit and their recommitment to the run with Dave Montgomery. But mostly I think like our expectations for Allen Robinson were not near as high as our expectations for Odell Beckham or Keenan Allen at the beginning of the year. So I've got to recalibrate a little bit. I I still expect Allen Robinson to be a number two wide receiver. That's what I drafted him as. I don't have very many concerns. I agree, and I'm less concerned about Robinson than I am Beckham and Keenan Allen. But they're all number two receivers, and Allen Robinson, I think, is more of a PPR number two and maybe a low-end and non-PPR. Trubisky's a problem. He was really off his game today. It might have been his worst game of the year. Last one is Terry McLaurin. I'm actually going to scrap the worryometer. Let's get out the dropometer. Zero to ten. Uh, Terry McLaurin, four catches for 39 yards on six targets. That is now, I think, three of his last, four of his last five games maybe have been really bad. Certainly three in a row. So, yeah, um, it's going into a buy. Drop-o-meter, zero to ten. Zero is no way. Don't drop him. Ten is 
Absolutely drop him immediately. Dave, 0 to 10 on McLaurin. I think you can drop him. I'm going to give him a 7 on the dropometer. And drop here's the deal. You can you can drop him, and then you can pick him up again after the bye week because he's got the Jets at home. And I think you'd want to start him against the Jets. It uh, It confounds me that all of a sudden Dwayne Haskins, who was his college quarterback, comes into the game, and they just they have no connection. I mean, they are like two ships sailing in different oceans right now. It is crazy to me that McLaurin isn't McLovin, McHaskins on the McField. Mm-hmm. All right, Heath, drop meter on McLaurin. McLovin. Yeah, I, I think the bigger problem with their connection is just that Terry McLaurin's an NFL-ready player and Dwayne Haskins is not. I would prefer to not drop McLaurin because I'm hopeful that Case Keenum will be ready to come back after the bye. And he does have a very, very good matchup against the Jets after that bye. So, yeah, if you were in a league where you can drop him and if you have no concerns of your dopey league mates picking him up, that's fine. Drop him. But I would rather not. I'm going to put him about a three on the drop meter Quick news item here. Uh, Cam Newton doesn't need foot surgery, but that doesn't mean he's close to a return. And Sterling Shepard back in the concussion protocol. If you own Sterling Shepard, you can't really add anyone right now except for Darius Slayton. Uh, would you drop, because, you know, the Monday night game, would you drop Shepard right now for Slayton, or do you want to see kind of what happens with Shepard? Do I need the win? Am I Was uh, I planning on starting Sterling Shepard, no. and I'm 4-4, four and four and I'm in a close game? No, let's say... Of you, course I'm dropping him if that's the no, case. No, I, well, I just said no. <laughs> let's, you're not listening. I said if that's the case, it's a yes. Well, yes. but that's not the case, because most people sat... Uh, Sterling Shepard, because they saw before the game that he was back in the concussion protocol. So let's just say it's yeah. just a roster spot. Is it worth it to drop Shepard for Slayton? No, not for the roster spot. Okay. Nope. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, believe it or not, for every game today, starting with the late games, because they were better. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Welcome back, everybody. I wanted to read the tweet of the day from Heath. Let's play a game of how well do you know Heath? But I'm going to save that till the very end. Let's talk about the games. Uh, but I do want to I do want to know what the answer was to the the question that he posed in the text. So, let's start with Oakland 31, Detroit 24. Heath, you are up. Yeah, you're going in a weird order today, and so I'm trying to find what my answer was for this game. Believe Oakland it or not. and Detroit. Yep. Believe it or not, Derek Carr is actually a good fantasy quarterback. <sighs> There's Deep a Heath sigh for yeah. you. Someone gave me a sigh there. I like that it. Was me. This that is was the, me. This is the original Dave sigh, by the way. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for not doing that one. <laughs> that's the Heath sigh. No, that's, that's me you. doing the Heath sigh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me doing the Heath sigh. Um, he's a... He's a great bye week replacement quarterback. He's not a top twelve fantasy quarterback. Okay, believe so it or believe not, it. believe it or not, Tyro Williams. Answer is, the question, Adam. Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. No, he's playing pretty well though. John Gruden, coach of the year, by the way. Uh, believe it or not, Tyro Williams is not a must start wide receiver going forward. 
Uh, don't believe it. I don't believe it. He's got the Chargers, then the Bengals, then the Jets, then the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, start baby. Him. Okay, he, start him up. he also has less than 50 yards in four of six games. You're you're not starting him for the yardage. You're starting him for the touchdown that he scores in every game except this one. Well, we the Lions took him away. Okay. So All there. Right. Uh, that was flawless analysis, let's Adam. Let, let, let's do a Thank Lions. You. Let's do a Lions take here. Uh, Matthew Stafford has scored 28 or more fantasy points in four of his last five games. The schedule has been great. Three of those four big games were the Chiefs, the Giants, and the Raiders. The other one was Minnesota. I, I, jury's out on how good their their pass defense is, but. The schedule is going to certainly get tougher. What do you think about Stafford going forward? I love him. I'm happy yeah. to have him on my fantasy team. Lock him in as my number one quarterback. Low end starter, but rest of the year. All right. Los, which is basically what he's been for most of his career when he's not playing with a broken back. Los Angeles Chargers 26, Green Bay 11 somehow. Packers had the ball for <laughs> just over 24 minutes. So big discrepancy. I, I don't get it. Big discrepancy there. Uh, Heath, believe it or not, on the Chargers and the Packers. Believe it or not, Jamal Williams can continue to be a low-volume fantasy starter. No, I don't believe it because he's pretty much a touchdown or bust running back as well as a really snazzy handcuff to Aaron Jones. I guess I would say that. There's a league where I have both of them, and I've been starting both of them. And it's not necessarily ideal, but at the same time, there's almost no chance that both of them are going to be bad. You know, you're almost guaranteeing yourself at least one good performance, which you don't want. Like, it limits your upside. But if you're stuck at running back, it's not the worst thing. I didn't really answer the question. That was more of an aside. I'm going to not believe it, Heath. Okay. (laughs) Well, what about you, Heath? Do you believe it? Are you buying into Jamal Williams, number two fantasy running back? ROS. No, I'd, I'd rather not trust him. I, I think he's a fine flex, and you hope he scores a touchdown every week. Yep. And I do like the fact that he got six targets in the passing game. Like, he was not touchdown or bust this week. He scored 9.9 points without his touchdown. That's not terrible. Um, but he's a flex, not a starting running back. Okay, believe it or not, Melvin Gordon is back. Believe it. Believe it. Really? Four yards per carry yep. against a bad run defense in a game that they had that's the ball. That's Melvin for, Gordon. They had the ball for thirty-five. No, that's not necessarily Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon averaged five yards per carry last year. Yeah, right. But every other year. Okay, I mean, look, the, the touchdowns are great, but he had these are his carries in his first four games: twelve, eight, sixteen, eight. He had twenty in this game because they were up by twenty points. And they had the ball for thirty-five minutes. Now I'm I kind of believe it, but I'm just making a kind of devil's advocate here. But uh, I just want to say, like, it seems more like he's back to being previous year's Melvin Gordon, but not 2018 Melvin Gordon. It's not He's not looking like a superstar. Okay. Yeah, and that's fair to say. Uh, the remaining schedule, Raiders, Chiefs, bye, Broncos, Jaguars, Vikings, Raiders. A lot of good the Raiders matchups. Aren't a good, a good the matchup. Raiders are not that good of a matchup, though. They have a good run defense. But they give up points, so you should. So he should be able to plow in from the sure. goal line. Sure, uh, that's what you. That's part A of the equation for Melvin yeah. Gordon. All right, Denver twenty four and Cleveland nineteen. Heath, go ahead. Odell Beckham is no longer a must start wide receiver. Believe it. Been believing that for two weeks. I've put him on my bench in a league where I'm kind of loaded at receiver each of the last two weeks, and it's been the right move. So uh, now that I've done it a couple of times, I can. 
feel better about telling other people to share in my joy of benching Odell Beckham. But I won't do it when he plays Miami in Week 12. Yeah. I I don't think he is next week against Buffalo, and then we'll go from there. I don't think he's a must-start mm-hmm. next week against Buffalo. We'll no. see how Pittsburgh... Pittsburgh wasn't there, very good defensively there, today. That's this week. There are six matchup. teams on a bye next week. I'm probably going to be starting Odell Beckham again next week. Believe it or not, the Browns are going to be... They're going to try and force their way into being a run-first team starting next week. Uh, yeah. I mean, they pretty they are pretty run-heavy. Chubb gets 20 carries just about every week now. Baker threw the ball 42 times. That's more than twice as many carries that Chubb I, got. Yeah, but they were losing. Look, if they're losing, which they typically are, how can they be a run-dominant team? You know, They're going to have to throw the ball. Right? But I think they're going to try and really lean on it with Kareem Hunt coming back this week. Yeah, Assuming that he's in good shape and all that jazz. You're going to see Chubb still get his work, but now Kareem Hunt's going to get work as well. And guess who that's going to take away targets from? Kareem Hunt. Everybody else. No. <laughs> I know. If Dave. Kareem Hunt's getting carried, I, Dave, I know. It was an easy it. question. So it was rhetorical. <laughs> I decided to just get it wrong to mess with you. Uh, what do you think about Philip Lindsay? And what do you think about Cortland Sutton? Because Brandon Allen only threw 20 passes. Lindsay only had nine carries. The Broncos barely had the ball, 24 minutes and 30 seconds of possession. But Lindsay has a big game, which we sort of said he would, which we did say he would because Browns suck against the run. And Cortland Sutton made an amazing catch in the end zone. He had five catches, 56 yeah, yards, and a touchdown. What do you think about these two here? Sutton might just be good enough to overcome a bad quarterback. I, I mentioned it a couple times throughout the week. He's done very well in those types of situations where he's trying to win contested catches. He's going to have to do that. He's going to be kind of in that Odell Beckham range where he's a low-end number two, a high-end flex probably with Brandon Allen. But... um I, I think he's good enough to make it work. I think Brandon Allen acquitted himself well in this game. I think a lot of the throws that he made were 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 really good, including the touchdown to Cortland Sutton. Sutton did have to adjust for it, but I thought that was a nice catch and a good throw. And, uh, yeah, they didn't have the ball very much. The running backs, Freeman and Lindsey, combined for only 14 carries. So they were actually a little more pass-heavy or leaning a little bit more on Allen than they were their run game. Um, I, I appreciated the unpredictability that the Broncos offense had in that regard. And I think Brandon Allen's mobility, which is something that I did talk about coming into the week, it really worked for him in this game. He was able to move around and out of the pocket, and he made some really good throws because of it. He also connected for, fairly well with Noah Fant. For the 75 yard touchdown was a gift. Yes. That was a gift. Come on. That was a gift ha- wrapped up by the Cleveland Browns. And they said, here, take it because we don't want to tackle your big butt, Noah. Not exactly wrapped and, uh, up. No, they right? did not wrap yeah. up Noah Fant with the gift that they wrapped up. But <laughs> Noah Fant did have a lot of nice catches in the game. Best he's looked this season. Seattle 40, Tampa Bay 24, Heath. Ronald Jones is a legitimate starting fantasy running back. Yeah, I just wonder if you can maybe adjust your believe it or nots on the fly to not talk about the guys who already talked about. Do you like? Yeah, I should not talk about like the most important players from each game. I, I should definitely like, change everything I do to accommodate you. Yeah, like I basically already do with most of my job. That's Here, allow true. me to you do it for you. He, he, let me show you what Adam wants because he wants hard hitting analysis. Believe it or not, 
Scotty Miller is a number two fantasy wide receiver rest of season. What, ha- what happened to Cameron Brayton this game? Did he play? Barely. Uh, technically, yes. What happened there? Okay, uh, what was your believe it or not again? Something about Ronald Jones? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't believe it, Heath. I don't believe that Ronald Jones is a must-start fantasy running back. I didn't say must-start. I think he's le- I think he's a legitimate top 25 running back rest of the season. I can't, I can't go there after one game. Uh, Braid Braid only played fourteen percent of the snaps. Yeah, that's so weird. Clearly would, was limited. Would, um, yeah. Would you? Ra- yeah, injured. Would you rather have Jameis Winston or Philip Rivers rest of season? Winston. Winston. Winston is almost um, certainly he's got a great game script. I was going to say matchup proof because every game Tampa Bay is going to be kind of iffy with the run. And their de- pass defense is going to stink, and it's going to force Winston to throw 35-plus times. Last question on this game. Who's getting worried about Tyler, uh, about Chris Godwin, pardon me, about Chris Godwin? Last two games, four catches for 43 yards, seven catches for 61 yards, eight and nine targets in those two games. No, not worried at all. It's hard to get worried about a guy that's getting eight-plus targets a game. Right. And seven for 61 is not bad. Houston 26 and Jacksonville 3. Heath, are you ready for this one? DJ Chark is going to be worse with Nick Foles. He's already heading in the wrong direction. I don't think he'll be worse, but I think he's going to be what he's been lately, which is occasional good games and a lot of bad games. Scratch my answer. He's going to be worse with Foles. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Foles is going to take the same type of chances downfield that Minshew has on occasion. And he did in this game a couple times as well, and Shark just didn't hold all of them in. But I'm not even sure he gets the opportunity with Foles under center. Mm-hmm. It's sad. What do you make of the running backs for the Texans? Carlos Hyde has now had 19 or more carries in four of his last five games. He had a huge game, almost had a huge, huge game, but he fumbled at the goal line. And Duke Johnson's, you know, Duke Johnson, seven carries, 13 yards, and a touchdown. He had a... a you know, a goal line touchdown came in the hurry up, so he just stayed on the field. But he also led the team in receiving. He had five catches for 68 yards. Uh, what do you think, Dave, about the backfield here? I think it's interesting that the that they're that they had the game that they had, and that they had as much work as they had. And I just have a hard time trusting that Duke Johnson's going to have 12 plus touches a game. They haven't used him quite like this week in and week out. Hyde, on the other hand, you said it, he's getting a lot of carries. I think that's going to continue even after the bye. If you've got them both on your team, Hyde, you've got to hang on to. Johnson, you probably want to just see what happens next with. But if you're in a if you're in a real crunch for roster spots, he could end up being freed from your bench to make room for players that you can start this week. Okay, let's go over to, uh, by the way, good job by A.J. Boye today defending DeAndre Hopkins. Did a nice job. Hopkins did get you that touchdown, though, late in the game. Kansas City 26 and Minnesota 23. Great game. Harrison Bucker with the game-winning field goal. Heath Cummings. Damian Williams is about to be the running back we drafted him to be. I mean, we've covered all of these. (laughs) Everyone. So let's just say it real quickly. Don't believe it. Maybe I do believe it. I'm not sure I don't believe it. Well, then maybe we haven't fleshed it out, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a guessing game. I think one thing I don't agree with that you said earlier, Heath, surprise, is uh, that I think you said something like when Mahomes gets back, it's the pass-catching guy that's going to be the one you want. 
Yes. This I, is the one. I don't know that passing, running. I I want to. I want anybody who's getting touches. I don't care how they're coming in the Chiefs' offense when when Mahomes is back. I want the guy who's going to score the. You know, who's going to get the gold gold work inside the five. That looks like Damian Williams right now. Yep. Right now. Okay, your thoughts on Stefan Diggs? One catch for four yards on four targets. Gross. Bad. Anus. Ugly. And Cousins had three touchdowns and 220 yards. Like, to me, that's the worst part, is that Cousins had a great game, and Diggs and Thielen, well, Thielen got hurt, but Diggs just had this miserable game. And it's it's showing me that the Vikings are finding ways to move the ball and score without having to lean on Diggs, getting by without Thielen, and they also didn't have Dalvin Cook score this week. He had over 110 yards, but he uh, he didn't deliver the way that fantasy managers are used to him delivering. Correct. They have turned the page as a coaching staff to trust Kirk Cousins a little bit more, even with yeah. the bad completion percentage. He's playing really well. 24 or more fantasy points and six points for passing touchdown leagues in four of his last five games. So He threw for 200 yards today. 220. And yeah. three touchdowns. I'm sorry, he's getting I, it done, man. He's getting it done. That's that's very that's very fortunate. It's not sustainable, and I I want no part of him. He threw for he, 285 yards oh, last wow. week, and he didn't have a touchdown. So this was and like, scored 11 fantasy points. He was terrible. Because, but he didn't have it. Oh, no, he, he was, was great. No, week. wait a second. He was no, no, 23 no. of 20, he was yeah. He was 23 of 26 for 285 yeah. yards last week. He, he was, was wonderful unlucky. in completion percentage he was leagues. Unlucky. Com- I, my completion percentage league, he was the number one hey, quarterback. I'm just saying you got to be consistent because this week he was great for fantasy, and last week he was bad for fantasy. You can't call him lucky this week and not say he was unlucky last week. He was unlucky last week, but he also threw 26 passes, so you would not expect him to be a good fantasy quarterback last week. Maybe, maybe he just has great receivers, great players making plays. There's no maybe him. about it. Like we've got a pretty good history that we can judge these things by. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz rest of season? Wentz, I'll take Cousins. And Cousins had a terrible first half. He bounced back in a big way in a tough spot where only he could get it done in the second half, and he did. I think he deserves some credit. Miami 26, Jets 18. Nobody deserves credit here. Heath, I disagree. Robbie Anderson's just not going to happen this year. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. That's an easy one. That's an easy belief. Yeah. It's so I Adam Gase is the worst. <laughs> you hate like, Adam Gase. Got, well, why would like how in the world I don't ever want to call for someone else to lose their job because that's a bad look and I don't want anyone else to suffer bad things. But how in the world is he in charge of any offense? In the NFL, like you've got Robbie Anderson and your priority is getting the ball to Jamison Crowder and Demarius Thomas. They've ruined Sam Darnold. There's no hope of him ever being a good quarterback now. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell has gone from being to one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL to just the most plotter of all plotters. It's it's a terrible thing that's happened to the Jets, and I, I'm sorry for all of their fans. I, let me tell you something. A bad offensive line is like a bad bullpen. It makes the coach look bad. It makes the team look bad. It makes everybody look worse than they actually are. The Jets can't do anything with their offensive line. Do not let Adam Gase off the hook because you know what happened? They had had a general manager that went and got players. Adam Gase didn't like that. He got the general manager fired. 
He owns all of that's this. fine. So I, I don't care if the fine. offensive line's bad. I don't care if the quarterback's bad. I don't care if the plays are bad. Like it's Adam Gase. Okay, that's, he is I bad. mean it's it's their offensive line too. But Adam Gase definitely look. He, his seat is hot, and this was probably a pretty pretty bad hire. I I I think it was a pretty bad hire. Um, it was probably a bad the worst hire. In the NFL this it was a bad hire from the day it happened. Yeah, Everyone we were knew all it. surprised by it. We all couldn't believe it. And I, I think you've got to give Gase a tiny bit of credit here for telling Darnold, lean on Crowder, lean on Ryan Griffin. We don't know that. He's no, a short we don't know that. No, uh, we can't that, sit no. here and uh, uh, throw the ball to Robbie I, Anderson down the field. You can't do that when your offensive line doesn't block you, Heath. Block for you, Heath. Look, I, I don't think that we should he sit here no and say... I don't think he that... He has no time to throw against the Dolphins. It's literally the worst pass rush in the National Football League. And that so line couldn't it, so stop So there's that. this really... Adam Gates is just really unlucky <laughs> that he went from one of the worst teams in the NFL and went and got another job, and they just happened to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, too. They were bad last year, but look, I, I don't want to yes, sit here and say that... Yes, we're talking about two terrible franchises, Adam I agree. is telling Sam Darnold to lean on Jamison Crowder and Ryan Griffin, and he's telling him not to throw it to Robbie Anderson. That's the only thing. I'm, I'm going to caution No, us. I think that's because probably true. That sounds very much like Adam Gates. We just have no exactly idea, but like something I, he would that, say. that's not fair. <laughs> it's fair to criticize him. It's not fair to put words in his mouth. You know, I, I, we, we shouldn't be doing that. Philadelphia 22, Chicago 14. Zach Ertz is fine. There's no reason to worry about him anymore. I'm going to have to disagree because I'm going to have to not believe that. Because, look, I'm not really that worried about him. Like, he's Zach Ertz. But at the same time, Goddard's still involved. And Alshon got hurt late. But Deshaun Jackson got hurt. So, if they come back from the bye, like, you look at the two games where he got a ton of targets, Alshon and, and Jackson were hurt in both of those games. So, I think that's uh, going to make just me not believe it more it as I view it more as when things were going really bad for Zach Ertz, he was getting the same number of targets as all of these guys that we were excited about streaming. And it was just a little bit unlucky to not have better production. And tight end is such a terrible position that, yeah, maybe Zach Ertz won't be a top three tight end, but he's probably going to be top five or six. After the bye, they've got the Patriots at home. Tough matchup. And then... Seahawks, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys in Week 16. Zach Ertz is going to have some very good games down the stretch. But Heath, not to be a jerk, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm honestly not trying to be a jerk here. But when we did what, that, what, what, that, that's supposed to be obvious. When we did that, well, that's what I have to say. Like I am honestly not trying. When we did that draft, that midseason draft, you were pretty low on Zach Ertz. You know, you talked about Dallas Goddard. It sounds like this one game is changing your mind quite a bit. I feel better about Zach Ertz after this game, yes. Um, but I guess more the point was we were have like there's a difference between saying, "Oh no, Zach Ertz is not going to be top three, and we might actually want to consider benching Zach Ertz for one of these seventy three streamers that might get four targets this week. Yeah, right. I I agree. Like you're not you don't bench him for Cameron Brake. Uh, Carson Wentz, guys, ninety six percent owned. Going into a bye, he has 16 or fewer fantasy points in four of his last five games, and he actually did throw the ball in this one uh, 39 times. Hopefully Deshaun Jackson's back and actually healthy when they come out of the bye. But it's New England, and then it's Seattle, at Miami, the Giants, the Redskins. Pretty good schedule after New England, I'd say. How much do you think Carson Wentz needs to be kept through the bye? Like, does he need to be owned? 
I don't think he does. I think you can use the roster spot on somebody else. I don't think there will be a mad rush to pick up Carson Wentz if you drop him. And you're not going to feel comfortable using him against New England in week 11. So put him off your team, and then hopefully for two weeks, no one else goes to pick him up. Maybe right before the New England game, you swipe back in on him if if you have the roster spot to use. Okay. And if you don't, you, you drop Carson Wentz, you pick up uh, Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones goes off, you're not going to miss Carson Wentz. All right, my sincerest apologies to everybody, but I just we got to finish up here. So we have three games left: Buffalo twenty-four, Washington nine. Let's do kind of quick, believe it or not. Here, go, uh, go for it, Heath. Devin Singletary will be the best fantasy option on the Bills moving forward. I believe it. Yeah. Okay. Slightly ahead of John Brown. Yeah. Yeah. No. Turn him loose, man. He's gonna be really good if they turn him loose. I love it. That's what they did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, quick, believe it or not, for the Redskins, believe it or not, Adrian Peterson should be held through the bye. Yeah, let's see if it. guys get, actually gets back or not. Okay. I believe it. Hang yeah. on to him if you can. Four straight games with 76 or more rushing yards. Pittsburgh 26, Colts 24. You should start Zach Pascal until T.Y. Hilton returns. Believe it. I don't believe it because apparently it's Pascal. But... Yes, I believe it otherwise. Uh, even with Brian Hoyer, I guess. Okay, uh, believe it or not, you can drop Deontay Johnson. No problem. Uh, he's droppable, but I don't think you have to drop him. I don't think they play the Rams. I think they'll be throwing a bunch. I do not want to drop him. Do you want to start him? I might. There's six teams on a bye next week. Yeah. Tennessee okay. at Carolina. Ten, uh, Carolina with a nice win here against the Titans. Heath. Um, it feels like I already said this one, but uh, Ryan Tannehill is legit. Ryan Tannehill had good numbers in a come from behind effort in garbage time. So he's had I, good I don't number, like it. over the last three weeks. He's been a top twelve starting. I know, right? I know, I know, but I I still see the bad in him. He had two interceptions in this game. Uh, I think he struggled with the pass rush quite a bit. I'm I'm not a believer anymore. Gets the Chiefs at home next week, and you might need Ryan <laughs> Tannehill, you know, it, it, with the Binato. So three straight games with 22 to 25 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. I'm sure he's been a top 12. I would assume he's been a top 12 guy three straight weeks. So you know, this was a little lucky, but I. So Dave's not believing it. Heath, how about you? No, I don't really believe it either. Although against the Chiefs at home, he may be a uh, the number one streamer this week. <laughs> that I can believe, but to call him legit and to, when you say legit, I think it, you mean like top twelve quarterback rest of the season. And I just I can't get behind that. Okay, believe it or not, if we were drafting again today and doing an auction and a hundred dollar budget, you should spend more than fifty dollars on Christian McCaffrey in PPR. Fifty percent. I think you could do. I could. I think. I think you could if you really wanted to spend half the budget and then put together a pretty good team of one, two, and three dollar players just to get McCaffrey. It might not be the wisest thing in the world to do, but you could just to lock up this fantasy superstar. He's ridiculous. He's a obvious league winner, obvious mega stud, record setter, all that good stuff. He got hurt late in the game. Um, we'll keep an eye on that, but I expect him to be fine. 
tweet of the day from Heath this morning. That's when I saw it, at least. Uh, oh, man, I can't find it. it is, let's play a game of how well do we know Heath. Heath, do you remember the quote? Remember the tweet? Yeah, I received a text message it, yeah. from my son saying, uh, my 18-year-old son. This was like an hour before kickoff on Sunday. And he texted me, said, I'm at the mall. I'm going to get my ears pierced. And the question was, how did I respond? I'm going to say you were like, go for it. I'm going to say you said, go for it. Quote, go for it. Okay. Quote. I would think you would say, do do what you think is best, son. <laughs> so not quite as enthusiastic as Adam. You guys are forgetting. Like You're closer, Dave. You're forgetting what time this was and what I had going on in terms of lineups <laughs> that's, that's and true. DFS yeah. and yeah. being on camera and all the things. So I just responded with an eye roll emoji. And that was the only thing that I sent to him. And then he got his, he has both of his ears pierced now. Uh, that, you know, I knew there was going to be an emoji in there somewhere. Uh, so that, that makes a lot of sense. All right, everybody. Only hope, an emoji. I hope you know Heath better than I do. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Monday with some injuries and whatnot. Da da da. Da da da. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.